Welcome to the Resilient Rehab Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Effer. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode three of the Resilient Rehab Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about posture. I get this question all the time. Is posture important? Um, is there such thing as static posture? Uh, because I do talk a lot about postures in a lot of my courses on Instagram, on YouTube. I talk a lot about how we can take a look at different postures to determine what kind of exercise we're going to be using and how they could start to extrapolate information about our assessment. And I'm not saying that posture alone is going to give us everything. So, um, cause I know a lot of people, um, they say that posture isn't important and then it is important. And then some people say, well, we put too much emphasis on posture and then we don't put enough emphasis on posture. So I kind of want to provide my insight onto what posture is, what posture isn't, and some of the ways that I start to use posture and why posture isn't static. So let's talk about why posture isn't static first. Posture is a snapshot of movement. So what I mean by that is our body is constantly trying to fight gravity. Gravity is this continuous force that is trying to crush us into the ground. And our body is trying to create movements and try to position itself in a way that it can resist gravity. Otherwise, that's when we collapse. That's when we start to round our shoulders. That's when we start to push our head forward. We do all these different postures in order to resist this constant force of gravity. But not only are we resisting gravity, we're also resisting ground reaction forces. What this means, I know it sounds like a very complex term, but essentially what this means is that when my feet are on the ground so that I don't fall through the ground, I then also have the ground pushing up against me. So my body is pushing into the ground and the ground is resisting me. If it didn't resist, then I would fall through the ground. So think about me walking through sand or you walking through sand, I should say. And you're walking on a beach and every time you take a step, your foot keeps on sliding side to side. Well, this is kind of an unequal balance of forces. You are heavier than the sand, so the sand starts to slide away and you don't have the same kind of forces acting upon you. But if I stand up then, or against a more stable ground, well then I'm going to have this equal force. I'm not going to go sinking into the ground and the ground is not going to be pushing me up. So I've got gravity that's trying to crush me downwards and I've got this ground reaction forces coming up through the ground. So I've got to balance these forces in order for me to stand upright, which kind of negates the whole premise of the static posture. Because in order for me to stand up, I'm going to have to make these small micro adjustments. My body's constantly adjusting itself so that we can manage and produce just as much force against gravity that's acting upon us and just as much ground reaction forces that is acting upon us. So when we take a photo of somebody or we're looking at somebody's photo or look at somebody's posture, I should say, that is when we are just looking at a snapshot of their movement. 
We are looking at movement in front of us. Even though it looks like they're not moving, they have to be able to move to some degree in order to maintain their posture so they don't just get crushed into the ground. So posture isn't static, it's actually dynamic. And because of that, we can start to look at posture as a indication as to some uh, how somebody's going to be able to move, right? So let's just say you're seeing somebody and you're looking at their posture and they've got these um, these shoulder blades that are squeezed together, their head is forward, their ribs are flared, their back is arched, their knees are hyperextended, and their feet are dumping in. This is somebody who is not winning against gravity, right? They're pushing their whole center of gravity forward towards their toes just so they can produce force and match that gravitational force, right? Match those two forces that are acting on them. So as we talked about in the previous podcast episode, episode number two, we talked about how when people move towards toe off, they're moving their whole center of gravity forward. In this case, people are doing it so that they can start to propel themselves. They can't do it by going through the full phases of walking or through gait or shifting their center of gravity forward, but they're doing it by pushing everything forward towards their toes so that they can resist all those forces. It's not the most effective strategy. It's not very adaptable, not very dynamic, but that's what they need to do in order to fight gravity. So we know when somebody has this kind of posture, they're probably not going to have a lot of hip flexion, probably not going to have a lot of hip extension. They're not going to have a lot of hip mobility, shoulder mobility. They're not going to be able to rotate very well. They're going to be limited in quite a lot of movements because they're using a lot of tension to resist these forces. So posture is this dynamic inter-body and external body change or adaptability to be able to try to manage these forces. So again, posture is not static. It's very dynamic and it could provide us with some insight into how somebody's going to move. So let's take it a step further now. So when we start looking at posture, we may also start to see some type of asymmetries. We may start to see a hip that's hiked up or a foot that's dumped in or a shoulder that's hiked up or shoulder that is dropped, right? We may see some of these asymmetries happening within the body and we may see a left shoulder that could be more retracted than a right shoulder and vice versa sometimes. And when we're looking at these things, when we see this hip hike, we are looking at somebody who doesn't have the ability to internally rotate their hip. And more specifically, we're probably going to start seeing a shift in their squats. When they're squatting, we may start to see, okay, this person's probably gonna shift their squat as they perform the movement. So again, this is another way that posture can provide us with some indication. If I see this foot that's dumped in and a shin bone that looks like it's turned out, that's probably not a foot that can pronate. Again, we refer back to episode two. We talked about how mid stance is our foot's ability to pronate where the arch gets closer to the ground. Well, in this case here, if the shin is turning out and the foot is dumping inwards, that is not a foot that can pronate. That is not a hip that can internally rotate. And so now I've got a hip hike and I've got a foot that's dumped in. So again, this is probably somebody who is missing this internal rotation. So as they're squatting, they're probably gonna be shifting their squat. 
when you get them into a lunge position, their knee could cave in, or if you put that same leg behind them, that knee could probably deviate out or they put a lot of pressure on their knee because they just don't have a lot of hip extension. So we start to see these rotational differences too when we start to assess maybe their hip flexion or their straight leg raise. We'll start to see that one side may be a little bit different or better or worse than the other side. And this can really manifest itself by taking a look at their posture. What if we take a look at somebody's knees? Maybe their knees are, are caving in. It's more valgus. So that's when their knees are more knock knees versus bow-legged where their knees are pointing out. So this varus presentation. Well, these can provide a lot of indication as to what's happening at the pelvis, what's happening at the knee, what's happening at the foot and above. Because what's happening at the knee is probably also happening at the elbow because the knee and the elbow kind of look very similar. Uh, the tibia is very similar to the radius, right? If you actually take a look at them from a bone perspective, you take if you pull up a if you pull up a picture of a skeleton, you'll probably take a look at them and they look very similar. Your wrist has two bones, your ankle and your shin have two bones, your elbow and your knee have what looks like a patella or looks like a kneecap, right? So although they may be different in terms of their positioning, where the elbow's pointing backwards and knee's pointing forward, they are still very similar. And so when we're looking at the knee, we can extrapolate to say, we're probably thinking the same thing is happening at the elbow. And so we can then, again, take a look at the um, lower body and start to extrapolate information as to what we may see in the upper body. And so that's just another example of how Posture can provide us with a ton of information as to what we may expect. And movement is still on the table. We're still looking at movement, right? Movement is confirming what we are seeing with posture. Everything is a confirmation of the other. But I will say that a lot of times when I'm working with somebody, working with a client, they'll send me, I always get them to send me posture photos at before we even see each other. So I can gain an understanding as to, if they're coming to me for pain, for example, I can gain an understanding as to what their body is telling me it can do and can't do. What movements they may be able to do, may not be able to do. And start to create this story or this narrative as terms of why they may be experiencing this pain. What is not in the right position, what is not moving to create all this load or all this tension in this one specific area. So I could start to reverse engineer their posture to then start to create specific exercises or start to sequentially prescribe exercises. A lot of times I'll get people to send me their posture, front, back, side, full body, in shorts with no socks on. That way I can see how their feet are integrating with the ground, the position of their knees. Because uh, if they're wearing pants, it's kind of hard to see everything. Or if they're wearing socks as well. I can't see how their toes are positioned. If their toes are pointing out, they're more on the outside of their foot. Or what their arch is looking like, what their heel is looking like. Then I'll always get them to send me squat 
probably a toe touch, but again, it also depends on the circumstance. And then once I get on the call with them or I see them in person, then I start to do more confirmation measurements before we get into that exercise. But, you know, exercises are really going to be determined based on our assessment. And so posture is going to play a big role in starting to analyze where I'm going to go with somebody. So again, we have a hip hike, we're probably missing internal rotation. If we have our knees that are hyperextended, probably missing internal rotation. If our foot's dumping in, same thing, missing internal rotation. If we have a rounded shoulder, same thing, we're probably missing internal rotation. As you can see, there's a bit of a trend here uh, because internal rotation is our ability to put force into the ground. And if we can't, then we're going to throw things forward and we're going to start to use areas or muscles or joints that aren't really used for these certain things. We're going to start to use them in a compensatory way. And so understanding that how did that rounded shoulder get to be a rounded shoulder? What had to happen for it to round forward, right? Because a rounded shoulder has a lot more things going on. It probably has to do something with the neck by put by extending the head forward, right? There has to probably be some tension in the back of the rib cage, the front of the rib cage, all these different things that are throwing that shoulder forward. But it's the same concept as orienting and shifting our whole center of gravity forward to be able to resist those two forces, that gravity and ground reaction forces. There are other forces, of, of course, there are internal forces, right? So we talk about breathing, so the pressures that can be within our body, um, a lot of it has to do with repetitive movement, the way we've lifted, genetics, there are rib cage shape, our pelvis shape, all these different components that could bias us towards being pressurized in one area versus another. Um, that, that, of course, is a different type of uh, force that we have to take into consideration. But just for simplicity, the big two forces, that ground reaction and that gravitational force, how that impacts our body is going to determine what we do in order to resist it. And we're going to hike a hip up, we're going to arch our back, we're going to squeeze our shoulder blades, we're going to round our shoulders, we're going to shoot our head forward, dump our foot in, hyperextend our knee. All these things are trying to resist against those forces. And by doing that is internal rotation. And so those are fake ways to achieve internal rotation. And so when we're looking at posture, we can gain so much information and we can utilize it part of our arsenal and part of our methods to start to use exercises. So thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed talking about posture. I'd love to hear your feedback or connect with you. You can find me on IG or Instagram at alex.effer or on YouTube at Resilient Rehab. Keep on moving. I'll see you next time.